0: Digest it's a Riverdale podcast. This podcast is about a story, it's about a town. And in this town, people are dropping like flies I and mean, dangerous. Uh, my name is Chris Hainer.
1: I'm Craig Byrne. And I'm Russ Burlingame.
0: Gentlemen, tonight we are talking, or today or whenever anyone anyway, we're talking about Chapter 15 Nighthawks.
2: That's true. RIP, Moose, and Mitch. Spoke. <laughs> Just cast <laughs> so Midge.
0: I don't think they're gonna kill off Moose and Midge, or Moose or Midge in the first during episode two of the season. Well, they, they kill killed Grundy.
2: Yeah, but everybody universally hated Grundy. True. Like,
0: okay, I, 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 let's let's just start. I mean, I know that's the end, but it's kind okay. of
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or have never been. Yes. Really, which
1: one or both? Both. Now I know you guys have seen episode three, and I haven't yet. But I'm going. i still going with both. I, I was just uh, my assumption uh, going out of this episode is that they're both dead, which is weird. Uh, mostly because uh, my first instinct watching this, like watching the final scene of this, yeah. is. And I had this weird thing where in, at the end of the, the premiere, I jumped to the same conclusion that Archie does now, where I'm like, oh, fuck, this is about Archie. And then uh, at the end of two, I immediately, I kind of changed my, my lane, and I was like, oh, so this is like basically a riff on the comic book version of the Black Hood. Like, he thinks he's the good guy. He's like taking out people he finds to be morally objectionable. And, uh, and, and that's where I'm going to stick with right now. Uh, but it, it, it does seem excessive that like you kill the teenagers who are making out and, y- and you don't stick around to make sure that Fred who as far as like I'm assuming if somebody's taken him out because they object to his behavior it's probably not a 10 year old DUI it's probably because he was in bed with the serpents and so and like he could have been in bed with the true which that that's a fair like we talked about that a little bit at the end of the premiere or the finale that like there's a lot of reasons why somebody might want to go after Fred once the the lodges get involved because there are people whose lives the lodges have ruined and then there's Hiram and then there's Hermione and those two don't always have the same objective or motive or uh, methodology I think actually one of my one of the most interesting parts of this week's episode is the moment where uh, Veronica confronts Hiram about Fred and when Hiram cuts her off and just flat denies it, uh, the surprise on Hermione's face, I think speaks volumes.
0: Well, and it's, it's, what they did with Hiram as a character this week is everything that I was sort of annoyed with or the like the resolution of everything I was sort of annoyed with in the
1: premiere episode,
0: which I wasn't ready to talk about. The premiere episode was filled with so overstuffed plot and turns and twists that the arrival of Hiram sort of felt like an afterthought to me when it should have felt like the arrival of something major that was going to be game changing. And then, in fast forward to this episode, we finally got that. We got, we. Got to see sort of the inner workings of a Hiram's relationship with his daughter, but sort of the inner workings of Hiram's mind, and that is a scary place. To be.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, that's it's funny because the uh, the potentially racist comment that uh, that Machen makes at the end about him being uh, Riverdale's answer to Scarface is super interesting to me because it, it really, like, he is kind of the, like, suit-wearing, smooth-talking, uh, like, ideal of, you know, the, the kind of white-collar criminal. Uh, and And at the same time, he does have that kind of like, I think Scarface is a good a good metaphor because, yes, he is stylish, and, yes, he is, like, most of the time calm, but clearly there's something kind of deeply not quite right there, and, and it strikes me that, like, at some point we're going to see something truly brutal come out of it.
3: I don't feel that comment was necessarily racist. I think the thing is that Alice Cooper is very classist because she's gotten away from, you know, being you know, in the South Side herself, mm-hmm. it just seems like she really sticks her nose up at them and, you know, like, her blaming Betty for bringing the serpents into there and just assuming that they could make drug deals. That was pretty interesting. I
2: mean, there was clearly drug deals Yeah, Yeah. But it was, yeah. Not,
0: it was not from the serpents. It was from the
2: boy Reggie. Uh,
1: yeah.
3: Jabril Jangle, which is a reference to the old Archie
0: cartoon, and it's also the silliest
1: name for a This is true. That's true. It's funny because I actually forgot that this was a song by the Archies until Craig mentioned it, and I was thinking that it was like a Bob Dylan reference. No,
3: it's like the Archies' like second most famous song after Sugar
1: Sugar. I, I pretty much know Sugar Sugar and Everything's Archie, and that's pretty much it.
3: And you didn't even know Everything's Archie until it started the show.
1: That's true. I, I it's been a really long time since I watched the cartoons, I'm not gonna lie. I kinda wanted to do some of those over the summer, but we all failed at doing summer episodes. Yeah. It's true. I mean mostly not I this
2: is a character that is so lies so easily. Like Daughter, like
0: everything's above the board now. We're gonna finally get his family. Meanwhile, he's literally conspiring against his daughter and her friends to buy pops for some end that we don't
2: know. Yeah, but like it's he's such he's so conniving and dishonest.
0: And I don't know about you guys, but I felt the moment he arrived, Hermione shifted gears into sort of a devious and dishonest character that we didn't really see from her before, that clearly he brought out her. And, like, those two together seemed like very, very, very bad.
2: News. Well, you know,
3: we had a lot more of her like that in the deleted scenes from season one. Right. Which, of course, were not really canon. But it's interesting. I felt, and I mentioned this to Russ before we were recording, um... One issue I actually had with this episode that I've never really felt while watching Real before is I kind of missed the traditional versions of the characters a little bit. Like, you know, like Hiram, you know, how he just had that ridiculous hate of Archie, but it wasn't, like, mean, it just was ridiculous. But, you know, you have Dilton Doily, like, selling guns. Like, to me, Dilton is the guy who makes the silly inventions. Or, uh, you know, like, Reggie wouldn't sell drugs, uh... But he would, like, you know, put a bucket of water over the door for Archie. I don't know. It just was... And also, like, even the notion of Mr. Weatherby, when he was telling the school that Grundy had died, I mean, he felt nothing about that. Whereas in the comics, if something happened to Grundy, Weatherby would be the one who's affected the most. I don't know. It just... It was so different from the Archie I grew up reading. And, I mean, that's okay. It's great that they're doing something original
0: but I kind of missed a little bit this week. Greg. Uh, I hope you haven't been watching this show. Maybe. This is so like the Archie I grew up reading. <laughs> like, is that, is that, was that season one for
3: you? <laughs> that uh, season, it, epi- episode seven it was.
2: <laughs>
3: uh, just kidding. You know what, though? Didn't one of the Nightbox photos have them looking like the Archies from the... Or was that, is that
1: next week? Uh, I think it was a Nighthawks photo, but I, I my guess is that it was a, a deleted scene. Um, I, I'm pretty sure it was a Nighthawks photo, and, and my guess is that it was, like, maybe at some point there was a version of this episode where, you know, Betty, like, where this idea came to her in a dream or something. Well, wait a minute. Is, is, was it Val in
0: those photos? <laughs>
1: Oh, maybe. And then. I don't have to look at the CW press. Val
2: <laughs> is so awkwardly active for this episode that it's. They're
0: like, we can't perform. Val had, like, a
1: thing. A neurovirus. <laughs> well, at least Josie was finally there
2: the episode. And actually, had lines this week. Not only is she there, she's a river victim. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, yeah
3: it was uh, chapter 15 Nighthawks picture of the four of them sitting at the booth
2: the pops.
1: if I had to guess I would I would assume that like they knew they were going to do this like themed thing and so before they actually shot Nighthawks they probably did like a, a publicity shoot so that that way like they had all the characters regardless of what their role was going to be in the episode and like you can reuse that art for other things later
3: and see, but, see, this is where we could have had Inventor
0: Dilton and Prankster Reggie.
1: It's true. Just saying. That's very That's true. Hey,
0: we got Prankster Reggie in this episode. She's
1: well,
0: in the house, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about that too. Was like, yeah, what no. a
3: prankster. Also, is it me or does, like,
1: New Reggie kind of have, like, a New York accent going on? I hadn't really noticed it, but he's definitely like he's definitely got a different general vibe than Ross did.
3: Yeah, It's a very different vibe.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but not a bad, not, not a bad.
1: No, no, not at all. I'm just
0: I like that the characters get, getting more screen time, and I and I getting sort of getting like I like that he's involved, Yeah. as opposed to just that guy who's in the background. Super
1: yeah. Yeah, it's 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 interesting to see how that character is evolving because it seems like every time we've seen him for more than five minutes he's been kind of a totally different character. And I assume yeah. that won't that will change this season because they have more availability with the actor and so they're actually gonna be able to like build an arc for him.
3: Speaking of changes to characters though, um I'm pretty sure when I was looking at Twitter I saw there was some campaign about the Chuck character and about how poorly he was handled in season one? Do you, does this sound familiar to either of you? Uh,
1: I, I hadn't heard that, but...
2: Yeah,
3: like, uh, you know, because, you know, Chuck, was always a nice guy in the comics, but also he was the most prominent African-American character of the, you know,
2: Riverdale Bunch. Mm-hmm. And to just make him essentially
3: a rapist was not good. So there was, like, a whole thing on Twitter, I guess, the
2: other day about it. I mean, Never if, mind. He was,
0: if he was a notable character on the show, yeah, that might, maybe, but, like, he, I think he, he was only around for that one episode.
1: He was around for, like, two and a half episodes, because he showed up again in a party, yeah. Um, I mean, it's, I don't know. One of the things that kills me is that now that the show is getting much much bigger in terms of its audience and in terms of its visibility uh, you see a lot more of the thing that you see with like the CW superhero shows where there are people who have like their one thing that they're obsessed with and that, and so you get you get a lot of people who are like, well this show sucks because the, they, the yeah well I mean and the, the one that uh, and this has been intermittently visible the entire life of the series, but I I saw, like, a ton of it. I think it was, like, an orchestrated campaign over the weekend to get some attention Mm -hmm. was I saw a lot of the, like, Riverdale is garbage because Jughead is not asexual. Um,
3: They're still on that?
1: There's, yeah, there's still some people who are very much on that. And, again, like, I feel like, I don't know, I, I, I don't necessarily want to tell people, like, you know what, your take is not valid. But I also feel like... One story in 75 years. There, I mean, there's that. There's also, to me, there's an element of, like, these shows are the sum of dozens of movie parts. And if the only thing you care about is this one thing, then, like, you're bound to be disappointed because even if that one thing is going to be handled the way you want it in the long run, it's not, like, every single moment, it's not going to be perfect. I mean, that's that's the... The shippers' paradox is that as soon as your characters get together, in order to remain interesting, there has to be some kind of drama between them, and that everybody's all everybody's unhappy that whichever one is not being written correctly.
0: I mean, you Ed, what, uh, where are these people when they turn this <laughs> ready into a child? Yeah, that doesn't make sense within the within. This
3: but story. I also feel yeah. like no, nobody said that Jughead is not asexual. His feelings for Betty may to be the feelings you have of love for somebody, might not necessarily mean you need to bone somebody.
1: Well, I feel like they've I mean, maybe. Yeah.
3: Well, probably. <laughs> they almost did in the past.
1: That's true.
3: I, I'm just playing devil's advocate here.
1: No, and I mean, I, and I've heard that argument too. I think actually some of the cast made that argument at one point that, like, I mean, you don't know where this is going to go long term. But I mean, Sheryl like Blossom would not like
3: make up an elaborate story about her mom in a fire.
1: Yeah, but I, I mean, I will say there is there is a difference between some of these. Like there's there's a difference between because I do understand like concerns of representation and stuff like that. But I think that like when you have a kind of a, a monomaniacal view of something, then like it's it's not that's not a productive and rational way to look at something critically. Like, if if it's one thing, like, it's it's not an equivalency to say, well, Cheryl burned her house down and the black people on the show are all treated like jerks. Um, I don't agree that the black people on the show are all treated like jerks, but if, if that's the opinion that you've formed and you're concerned about that, I can understand it. It's not the same thing as saying, well, Cheryl, you know, Cheryl burned her house down. However, I will say that, like, if you are so fixated on... Like they done this one character wrong, that you're that that's the only thing you're seeing, and that you think the show's garbage because it doesn't do like they didn't do what you wanted with this one character. I think that that's not a productive way to view a TV show where it's like there's sixty characters and a lot of other crap going on. But I do wonder if Riverdale had aired in 1990, and they had just made like
3: Kevin Keller straight because they never had gay people in these shows. That would be kind of annoying. So maybe that's what people feel about the jughead thing. Again, playing devil's no, and I mean,
1: I, and again, I do get that. Um, and I, I, the the asexuality thing is is a weird one because a it's true that there's not a lot, and by not a lot, I mean basically zero representation of asexual people in media, in like mainstream popular media. And so I certainly can understand why people would have said. Oh, they just made him Ace in the comics. I really hope that that's reflected in Riverdale. And then when it wasn't, I can see some people being frustrated with it. Um,
3: but Jughead had girlfriends at least in the early nineties when I started collecting.
1: Yeah, and then like the
3: girl who's in the wheelchair, not Veronica's uh, cousin, the first girl.
1: The yeah, the one with the purple hair, or yeah, is that? I think so. um, or Jughead head in Maha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, I I. I Looking at it from a story standpoint, in fact, looking at it just from a TV show standpoint, and a comic book TV show standpoint, especially, uh, the, the approach I take to all of these comic book shows I, I watch and we all kind of watch is I enjoy when they throw cannon right out the window. <coughs> kind of, in fact, which makes me a monster.
2: Uh, people on the internet, it turns out. But, like, I don't
0: want a show that follows an established canon closely because I already know that. I know what, I know what that version of the world is going to be like. I don't need to see it played out in a different format. Uh, Gotham. I don't know how closely you gentlemen watch, but Gotham is a perfect example of that. It's just a show that's like, we exist in not, not your mother's, but not mom and dad's, Batman. In our own family. And it's nuts. And I feel like that's what Riverdale's doing. I was speaking to someone recently who said, um, I don't like Riverdale because it's not, it's nothing like Archie Comics. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know what you mean. They're like, it's like I grew up reading Archie Comics. I was like, yeah, but like that is A, it's not trying to be that. You haven't read Archie Comics in the last couple years, it's a rewatch, but it's also not trying to be that, the new version, it's being its own thing, with its own version of copying, its own take on all of the characters. Some of them are going to be similar to the way they were in the comics, and some of them aren't. But well, you know. Why.
3: Well, I was just going to say, I mean, despite what I said earlier, you know, about missing certain versions of the characters, I still see, you know, and that being the only time that I've really seen it, but. Most of the, quote-unquote, changes Riverdale has made are not that drastic. It's like the Jughead and Betty thing, which, you know, people point to. Jughead was always fond of Betty in the comic books. And I think I, Cole even pointed out one time, it's like, Jughead would be like, well, you know, if I were into somebody, it would be you, Betty. Mm-hmm. You know, that sort of thing. So that doesn't seem that far out of, you know, left field. It doesn't at all. So... And oh, by the way, I love that Pop had a good role this week. Yes, you
2: know, yeah. Pop is an important part
3: of Archie lore, and also let- that's the other thing you can point out. If you want traditional Archie, even though they were grown up, to Riverdale and back again it was horrible. That might not be what we want.
1: Well, let me pivot off like what you were saying about Pop and kind of steer it in the, in a the direction of getting back to the episode, but but still kind of sure
2: i say one last
0: yeah. thing about the any fan, any fan who might be upset that Jughead is, is being is hoping for asexual representation for Jughead at this point. We're at the beginning of a second season of what will likely be a multi-multi year show. It's telling a larger story. We don't know what twists and turns this character is going to take. And a lot of the times we don't know what's going on inside the head of characters. Mm-hmm. They're sort of portraying how so and that's not saying they will one day get to a point where Jughead sort of explores different of the facets of his sexuality or any of the characters. You know, there's there's so much mode for this show to still go down and so many story possibilities. Um, before we get to this episode at the end,
3: um, you had just mention we don't know how many seasons this show will last. Can we talk about how the
2: ratings? Oh yeah. Improved oh yeah. I mean,
1: yeah. This is now like. And Riverdale is up by like a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, it's literally. I think that that the uh, the it's season. The two show on the yeah, it's the number two show on the network, and that the season premiere this year, it was like a hundred and ten percent of the season premiere and 120% of the season finale last season. So the numbers are just, like, crazy in a way that doesn't even feel realistic. We'll see. I mean, I assume we'll come down to earth slightly in the second week, but I imagine, like, with that kind of massive jump, we're going to be, A, well above season one ratings all year long, and, B, probably we'll stay in that number two, number three spot at the network. Uh, So, yeah, that's definitely a big...
2: It's true. It's, 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 it's very exciting, and I guess it's sort of true that the gamble CW took with pulling their shows from weekly to drop them on Netflix the of summer worked out. It's true. You know, yeah. People clearly found the shows through Netflix, and they're championing them. Yeah. Well,
3: also, I think it's like the youngest you know cast the CW has to offer. They haven't had a young cast like this. Like maybe even,
2: some people do have it, but... That's you know. true. I never really think about the fact that, like, everyone in Arrow is, like, 30 or older. At this point. Yeah, yeah true. it's true. And even on The Flash, like, they're,
0: it's, they're younger, you know, but they're still upper 20s and
1: 30s. Yeah.
2: Right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think probably the youngest, like, the youngest lead character on the network is probably Jane the Virgin, and everybody else on that show is about 40. And, the, and
3: Jane the Virgin skipped five years. So we're
1: oh, I didn't realize that. I haven't I haven't watched it since like so the beginning maybe, of season two. It's probably
2: like twenty seven. Hmm. Anyway,
1: but, uh, I was so excited by that. Yeah, it, absolutely. I mean, just think this time in like March or April,
3: we
2: weren't even sure if there was going to be a
1: season two. Yeah, I mean, we were having a lot of conversations yeah. last season that were like, "Man, if we can just stay over a million, they'll renew it." <laughs> well, I mean, if, if, you look, look, if you look, like the perfect example of how
0: sort of dire things were last year is the studio blew up a
2: bunch of press for the final minute. Yeah,
1: although I still like, out. I, I wish that I wish we could pick somebody's brain about whether that was like a dire situation or whether that was because, again, like at that point, they had just signed that overall deal with Archie. And in my head, I'm like, it could have been that they really were desperate, or, or it could have been the opposite. It could have just been like, we know this is coming back. We just signed a deal with Archie. This is a good faith thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, uh, if you also be, you know, just showing Archie, you know, when they were negotiating, look, all
2: this press is interested in the show. We got six, you know, ten outlets coming next Yeah. Week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we promise we're going to push the hell out of the show, and the CW has pushed it, and Warner Brothers. It's like Peter
3: Roth is really champion. So mm-hmm. He's like head of Warner Brothers Television. I mean, they really believe in it, and it seems their investment has paid off. And it's probably good timing because, I feel like, there you know, there's a little bit of fatigue going on. I think with all of the superhero shows from DC all at once, so this I, is a good alternative.
0: The right word because I think Legends is
3: doing really great and I think Flash is on an upswing. I mean I've liked Arrow I didn't care for the superhero premiere I have not seen episode
1: 2 but I, I think episode 2 of every single one of the CW superhero shows uh, was better than episode 1
2: well that's bad. definitely was that case
1: what, what would you the say yeah um, but, uh, so... But
3: the Riverdale premiere was better
1: than all. I, I, I'm inclined to agree. I really, like, I really, really dug the first two episodes of this season. Um, so here's, here's what I wanted to say earlier, and this, this speaks to what you were talking about, I think, about kind of the original, the classic Riverdale. Uh, I think part of the reason that you might feel that way about this week is because this is arguably the, the first time since the pilot... That we saw an awful lot of like familiar setups from the comics being like Riverdaleized. Yeah. Like we had we had Pop worrying about the future of the diner. We had uh, Hiram trying to buy it. We you know and there's a lot of these little things he where yeah exactly and and so this is the episode where I think for the first time in a while you got basically. Classic Riverdale setups, and by Riverdale I mean like Archie Comics Riverdale, like and Moose and yeah, and Moose and Midge, and so like you, you really for the first time in a while you got basically a whole episode that was just turning those classic expectations on their ear. So that might be a big part of why this episode in particular kind of tweaked your sense of nostalgia a little bit, because I feel like we haven't had one that so dutifully tweaked so many things. In a long time.
0: Can I be honest about
1: something? Sure. I kind of didn't like that. No?
0: To a a degree. It's like, it's the same issue. It's not a big issue, but the same issue I had with last week's episode where there's so much going on that I felt like like it all just whizzed right by me, and I Mm -hmm. felt as... As fun as the let's all band together to save cops storyline was, it could have been dropped out completely or saved for later on, uh, like, episode three or something when they have a bit more room, and it, would, like, it wouldn't like would have mattered one way or the other. It, it, there was so much going on that felt like these are things that have to happen in episode two that save Pops, but like, oh, also, we're going to go ahead and throw this storyline in. And it was a good one, and it was a fun one, but it didn't feel as important as the other stuff that was going on in the episode.
3: I did like seeing the Pussycat sing. That was, well, well... Minus one. <laughs> actually, this is, I thought Veronica was a Pussycat. Maybe she forgot the space she left her ears
1: I don't think yeah. she's ever sang anyway, so, you know, maybe the idea was that in in the absence of Val, you didn't have anybody, although that doesn't make any sense because the whole reason she was originally a pussycat was to fill in for Val. Can nope. <laughs> we also discuss uh, Livewire, the lawyer? Um, I forget the name of the lawyer that Jughead went to see. Uh, to Penny Peabody, who actually uh, in the Little Archie comics from the 60s, Penny Peabody is the girlfriend of the uh, the head of the South Side Serpents. And thanks, Fogarty? Yeah, thanks, Fogarty. And they basically have the same relationship that, like, classic Moose and Midge had, where, like, he'll just knock you out for looking at her. And so it's interesting. Uh, we haven't seen Fogarty yet, as far as I can recall, so...
0: They called her, they referred to her as a snake charmer,
1: mm-hmm. ha, 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 because of the Uh and while it
0: was useful to Jughead in get uh, hopefully getting FP a lighter sentence, what do we think the sort of, the, the blowback is going to be on that, because based on, everything, FP, <laughs> based on everything FP said, this was a horrible decision for anyone to
1: yeah, I I don't know, other than the fact that maybe they will basically try to recruit uh, Jughead to be essentially what Jason Blossom was, like a mule. But, I mean, logically speaking, that wouldn't really work for Jughead, because part of the reason that it worked with Jason Blossom is that he could kind of come and go with impunity, whereas Jughead, like, he's under a microscope by virtue of being FP's kid. So there's there's a question in my mind as to exactly what he can provide them. Uh, and like there is something very obvious that starts up in episode three that might like that that you might be able to speak to that. Uh, but obviously, I'm not I don't want to talk about that today other than to say like in my head, I can start to see the shape of what might be a conflict. Uh, starting to poke around next week.
0: I definitely forgot to right this moment that I've seen episode three. <laughs> uh, huh.
1: but yeah, there's there's a thing next week that I think could very well speak to what it is that she's gonna want from him. Right. But uh right now, based on the information given in this episode, I would say like I have no fucking idea what this is other than bad. Right.
0: And, like, if it's enough
2: to scare
1: FP that much, holy cow. Yeah, which is, again, quite possibly where a character, either Fangs Fogarty or a character like him, comes in, because you figure in the past we've kind of seen FP as being high enough up in the Serpent's food chain that he doesn't have that many people in that orbit to be scared of. <laughs>
0: Is someone's microphone crackling a lot?
1: Yes, my headphones are crackling, and I'm hoping that I can clean it up when we're editing, because I don't know what, um... Um...
0: Oh, I know something I kind of wanted to get on. Uh, so...
3: What's
0: th- <laughs> Not into dead chicks, bro. Um, <laughs> last, last... I mean, I think we can all agree how... we. I, in fact, I, I listened... The last week's episode, I'll have you know very much because I wasn't on it, so I felt huh. great listening to it. Uh, and I agree with how great KJ was. Mm-hmm. He knocked it out of the friggin' park. Um, and I felt like he he did a lot of the same this week, except Archie made some of the dumbest, most Archie choices yeah. we've seen in the. It, like, it felt like early season one Archie between buying drugs and buying a gun. Yeah, And thinking and he can stop a murderer with a baseball bat, like a murderer who's known for having a gun with a baseball bat, he just made some, these really weirdly dumb Archie choices. But I was just like, oh, this poor kid, he's gonna, he's gonna die.
1: Although, I mean, I'll, to be honest with you, even in the finale last year, like, one of the things that has not been explored at all, because I think that it isn't the story that they want to tell, is the fact that he pulled the trigger because Archie, like, leapt at him. Um, yeah. And, and so, like, it's not like Archie was making any smarter decisions regarding the Black Hood la- at the end of the season. Uh, that was, like, pretty much as soon as his brain goes into panic mode, he does not make good decisions.
0: Right. Well, and I feel like that's why, well, except <laughs> that's why I think last week worked so well. hmm uh, for the character, is he was more, he wasn't in an active mode, he was in a reactive mode. Yeah. He was reacting to these things that were happening around him, as opposed to kind of lashing out at those he perceives as coming forth.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Even though, as we know, based on the end of the episode, pro- they're probably not targeting him.
1: Right. Although, again, like I, I think it's a perfectly reasonable assumption for him to have made. and. Yeah, also, I think that the, the idea that, uh, like, I think that his, his theory that it's Grundy's ex-husband, uh, is definitely one that most people would have jumped to fairly early on.
0: Like, that, see, that, that as, as you know. I was watching, it made zero sense to me that it would be like, because we're led to believe that Archie's not the first student Grundy's been involved with, in, so why would her crazed ex-husband be like, see this one? I'm gonna kill his dad, and then I'm gonna kill my ex Mm-hmm.
2: It's
0: just, it, it, was, it's so, it was such a weird... I get why people made that jump, it just never, it didn't add up in my... Opinion.
1: I don't think it really does add up, but I think that it's the easy, like, first suspect, because you're like, oh, well, Grundy's in the picture again. And everybody had that, like, everybody had the idea where for a minute they were like, oh, did this dude kill Jason Blossom for some reason? And so the fact that he never, like, he never came into play, honestly, like, one of the things I think Craig and I talked about last week, we've definitely talked about off the air, is because she was lying about fucking everything, I didn't really know for sure whether that dude actually existed until... Like, I, I thought there was a very good chance that she didn't have an abusive ex-husband, that that was just, like, her cover story because, like, she was desperately lying to Archie so he didn't turn her in or whatever. And so when, when Keller just goes, yeah, we talked to her ex-husband, he's got an alibi, I was just like, huh, well, that's one mystery solved. It does exist. Hopefully this is the last we'll hear of them. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me, though, because they disposed of it so quickly. Like they're just like no,
0: see what happened is uh, off screen Grundy had Archie's child <laughs>
1: and
0: then blah 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 snore. Grundy and child well, uh, should not be in the same sentence. Oh
1: huh. uh. Snow. He she couldn't have had his child though because uh, and I know you're joking, but it's just just so. I already
2: had a child last season.
1: No, what I was gonna say is that what I was gonna say is that this is a cliffhanger that picks up the next day, and we have not jumped the six months that everybody jumps at the end of seasons yet. So, luckily, like it, that, that like because inevitably, I think you, I think like that theory will 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 surface on the internet someplace, and I think that what we can how say how with confidence much, how
0: much time passed between. Grunty's official exit and the end of the season. I don't know what the calendar looks like in
1: Riverdale. Yeah. It was
2: snowing at the time.
0: It was snowing <laughs> at what time?
1: It was snowing when, at the end of the season, so I would assume somewhere in the neighborhood of six months between when Jason Blossom was killed and the finale. Right. It's just my guess because he was killed on the 4th of July, and I don't. I definitely don't get the impression that it was a year and a half before they resolved everything. Alright. right.
0: Uh, there's no little baby Archie (laughs) that you know of.
1: Dun dun dun.
0: Season eight. That's right. Craig's beloved sheriff killer can raise the child.
2: (laughs) With raise of the maid. There you
0: (laughs) go. Uh I'm looking through my no, notes. we need to discuss Smithers' yeah.
3: his convenient disappearance?
1: Yeah, uh, we talked about this before, but it's interesting because I think there's, there's basically two really obvious leaps to make about his disappearance. One is that something terrible happened to him because he was trying to help Veronica avoid her dad and two is that he is the black hood because he vanished and then you know, that night more people got shot up Uh, I think that probably what will happen is that they, they will try to steer you in the direction of one of those things and then the other one will turn out to be more close to the truth he doesn't have green eyes Smithers does. Yeah Yeah, I looked, because the black hood also has like salt and pepper hair in his eyebrows, and so I legit thought like yeah, true. although Keller's eyes are definitely not anywhere near that green. In fact, the only like name character who has like really green eyes is Smithers, at least that I've been able to see so far in season two. But, uh yeah, so yeah, I don't have a really good idea of why it would be Smithers, because again, I kind of feel like if he is up to something bad, it's gonna be more relating to the needs and wants of the lodges, yeah. and therefore the the idea that I have kind of stuck in my head that like he's doing this as some kind of morally righteous quest wouldn't make any sense at all.
0: Um, I think Hiram just. Can't <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's, and again, that's probably, like, if anything, it's one of those things where I expect we'll, we'll get a couple of, like, clues that lead in some direction, and then you'll find out it's something else entirely. It'll be, like, the kids start to think that he's the guy, and then you find out that he's, like, in Greendale working for some other family because Hiram told him to get the hell out, and he never wants to see him again, or he'll have him roughed up.
3: Speaking of Greendale, I, I liked that the last musical selection had something to do with
0: witches. I was actually, did, I, I actually yeah. had that written down as one of my uh, bullet points. Uh, the use of Season of the Witch, I feel like we don't get a lot of, like, well-known music on this show.
1: No, other than, like, Pussycat's covers, because obviously we got Milkshake this week.
0: Right, but, like, them having Season of the Witch uh, to close out the episode gave it a real punch that, like, we don't ever really get on a show like this because, yeah, the only recognizable music is sort of the the y yeah, produced pussycat music, which I love, but like <clears throat> this very gritty classic rock, yeah, track really drove that point home.
1: Yeah, that's a very it's that's very true. Um, and there there were some weird little touches that I really liked, and again, like. I tweeted something, or I posted something on Facebook the other day that basically said, like, when you have Riverdale and uh, Legion, it makes all the other, like, comic book shows have to up their game a little bit because they all start to feel like police procedurals instead of blockbusters. Uh, Just because these things are shot in such a more interesting way than, like... Say Arrow or The Flash. And and like I like Arrow and The Flash. That's not a, that's not a slight. It's just that. like am
0: disappointed in you for not noting Dothan in your list of good looking
1: comics. You know what? That's, that's fair. but... It looks
0: so much better on Blu ray.
3: I <laughs> wouldn't know. Even though you're on the freaking Blu ray. on the
0: Blu ray. I do not have Blu it. it
3: looks beautiful.
0: Great. How do I look?
3: Fantastic. You have great hair. <laughs>
1: Uh, oh, but the, the other kind of little production touch that I, I wanted to bring up that kind of, and again, like, this, this ties into the Season of the Witch in terms of, like, the creepy, kind of cool, sexy, dangerous thing that they had kind of building. Uh, in, whenever you're in the Lodge's, like, main parlor, like when Hiram is in, is sitting at the the dinner table that seems to be where he basically lives when he's at home, uh, they always have a fireplace going. And so, like, with the suits and that kind of ambient fireplace lighting, it's like every time Hiram is addressing his family, it's like Satan is speaking.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh... And uh, I, I can't imagine that in a show that's as meticulously designed as this one is that that's an accident.
2: Oh, <laughs> no, and I, I liked... Oh, sorry.
0: Oh, I was going to say, there was one thing about Hiram that I was wondering if anyone that, uh, anybody else noticed. I mean, if you knew, he, when he came in from his run, he had a tattoo. And I don't know if that's a major thing, but he didn't seem like a character that would have a tattoo. He seemed kind of too upper crusty. Yeah. Sort of deal. And I don't know if that's an actual Mark P. Swale-less tattoo, or it's supposed to be a Hiram thing, or anybody can actually figure out what it was a tattoo of.
1: I am. I, I just assumed it was a Mark Consuelos tattoo because I feel like uh, probably it's easier to just let him have his tattoo than to like color over it. Um, Can you change it every week. Yeah, I actually am, or like um, uh, Melissa Benoist, where she has a she has a, a tattoo on her foot, and it's like. Yeah, you just you can't ever show Supergirl with a bare foot because it wouldn't make any sense that she could get a tattoo. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm looking at a picture right now of Mark Casuelos, like a paparazzi shot of him on the beach, and he's got that big black like spot tattoo on his right arm. So, okay,
0: so that, that's a him thing and not a...
1: Yeah, it's not a Hiram thing.
3: All right. Now, what I was going to say about the production design is... I love that the show remembers little things like you know, in, like when they referenced uh, Betty noticing that Archie wasn't sleeping in his room. You know, it's like that little small town thing of them being across from each other. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just I kind of like that aspect. You know. Yeah. You know, well, it's God, like,
0: it's, well, it's also it's, well, it's also a nice reminder of how it was established in season one, where like the show literally opens with them like looking back and forth across from each other because they're next-door neighbors, right? Mm
2: -hmm. Which
0: wasn't really touched on at all later in the season, so you kind of forget the fact that, like, no, they're not just, like, they're not just in the same small town. These two are literally within eyeshot of each other most of the time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and that, I think, is, uh, like, I I touched on this last time, that the first person Archie called... Was Betty, um, yeah. and and that to me, like I think it's easy to read that as like, oh, is there problems with Veronica? But I think that that's that's looking for the romantic subplot to dominate every other aspect of the show. I think that just at the end of the day, Betty's been his best friend since he was able to talk, and sometimes there's going to be times when you need that comfort.
0: Well, and beyond that, I feel like it also <laughs> logistically makes sense because if he calls Veronica, Veronica calls Betty, but yeah, not call Jughead. yeah, if she calls Jughead. Jughead's gonna call Betty, but Jughead's not gonna call Veronica. You call Betty, and she'll handle everything. Yeah, and she's also the personality type who will handle everything perfectly. That's true. Speaking
3: of uh, certain personality types that handle everything, I also liked that they revisited the notion that Alice has a friend at the mortuary. Yeah, mor- I mean, You know, like, so we got those clues about Grundy kind of the same way that she got the clues about Jason last year.
1: Yeah, I'm wondering, I'm wondering whether Greendale and, and uh, Southside exist as their own separate municipalities or if everything goes through Riverdale. Because on the one hand, you feel like Riverdale's not that big a town, they shouldn't be handling the other people's stuff, but the other side of that is it wouldn't make any damn sense for, like, Greendale to have their own stuff going on, and you're going to bring this lady's body back to Riverdale because, I don't know, she slept with a high school kid here? I mean,
0: it also could could have been not
1: any one town's more, but just, like, the county. That's true.
0: I is it Sweetwater County, I guess?
1: Uh, that's probably right. I don't think they've said anything about the county. The license plates just say Riverdale. Yeah, it's just Just like the National City ones. Although, like, with the with the superhero shows, they all take place in, like, metropolises. And you can kind of see it, because, like, Manhattan does have its own, like, vanity license plates. Uh, Riverdale. They all have the same like. streets. They
3: all fly past Hornby Street constantly.
1: That's true. <laughs> Every,
3: it's not
0: that big.
1: Everybody is just a huge high-fidelity fan. That's really what it boils down to.
0: Yeah. But. They're all Smallville fans. They're going to Smallville location. There it is. <laughs> is. Whoop, whoop. Um, oh, what else is on my list? Is there anything else? What, what haven't we talked about? I think we've touched upon everything. Hiram friggin' buys pop. I don't like that. Oh! <laughs> Can we talk for a second about how Betty didn't... She didn't go dark, Betty, but she went, like, conniving Betty. And she literally blackmailed Cheryl with (laughs) footage of her father murdering her brother.
1: Yeah, I was actually... That
2: was nuts!
1: Yeah. She wouldn't
3: do anything for Jughead. I I thought it was
1: sweet. Yeah, here's here's the other thing, though. Like, that, to me, felt like something... Like, the the weirdest part of that, to me... Wasn't the fact that Betty did it? Because again, I feel like very much like you were saying, like she's doing it for Jughead. But like the fact that Jughead n- apparently knew about it and was a willing participant, like rang a little bit false to me. Uh, I-, I don't know. I mean, I guess he he'll do anything for his dad, and he did actually say early in the ep- earlier in the episode that like I would do this if not for extenuating circumstances. Yeah. I would
0: blackmail them, except she's an orphan and she's a widow. Yeah. And then they literally did it anyway.
1: Yeah. And so, like, that was the only, like, it was actually weirder to me that Jughead was a participant. Like, had that been a Betty thing and she kind of went behind his back and was just like, nope, I'm in charge here. I would have swallowed it a little bit better than, like, as soon as Jughead, like, hands her the thumb drive, I'm like, really, you knew? Like, didn't we just discuss this?
3: Maybe there's another deleted
1: scene. Yeah, maybe. I mean, the other thing, too, is, like, at the end of the day, and again, maybe I'm overthinking this element, but, like, his dad did play an active role in the death of her brother. And so there is kind of this point where it's like, Asking for mercy and doing all the things that you did earlier in the episode is one thing. But, like, actively blackmailing the people whose family, like, your dad helped to ruin. Uh, yeah,
0: like, I love FP, but he is not innocent.
1: No. And and so to me, it's like, that that felt weird to me. I'm just like, uh, after all the kind of the moralizing that Jughead did in the first season, uh, it was just a weird thing for them to do, and, and storytelling-wise, I get why they needed to use it. Um, I'm hoping that it pays off in some way where, like, uh, w- basically, I'm assuming that it's going to pay off similarly to how the, the penny thing is going to pay off, where down the line, Rachel or, uh, um, Cheryl is going to basically be like, well, I'm going to fuck with you guys because I remember that you did this to me. Um, and and but
0: the, but also Cheryl then showing the
1: visual. <clears throat> yeah, that was super weird. Everything
0: about
1: them That's true, but like, I don't know, man. I don't think that I would feel the need for that kind of closure. No. Like I and and to me, I'm uh, because it's the blossoms and because they're super weird. I kind of sit here and go. What's the chance that they throw this thumb drive in the in the fireplace versus the chance that Mama Blossom is watching this every night before she goes to sleep now?
0: I think it's gonna be the latter.
1: Yeah. That's that's pretty much my my thinking too.
0: Oh, something just occurred to me. Where's Polly? Good
1: point. They that, that is a very good point. Um I mean, it, I don't think it's too much of a spoiler. to say they address that in the next episode. I won't say how it's addressed or or what, but like.
0: Yeah, I didn't even think about that. I mean, granted, I know my my chief complaint about the season so far is they put too much into the episodes. But it is strange that there has been there's been no mention of Polly whatsoever, even though in this episode, Cheryl literally says, "Betty, your family." Yeah. <laughs> like right, but you need to explain how their family. She's
3: off. She's yeah, off
1: with Hal. Yeah, I was gonna say she's off screen someplace with Hal and Val.
3: Hal, Hal.
1: It's a sitcom for you. Yeah.
0: So I like, I like pretty much everything that went down. It was like I, I want I. I want the show to sort of slow down and take its time telling all of the stories it wants to tell, now that the discussion has 22 episodes, but I also realized I, I was actually, I was talking to a buddy of mine tonight about Riverdale, and I, I mentioned this very thing, that like I feel like it's telling so much story at one time that something gets lost in translation. And he's like, that's what I love about. Like, I love how fast it is.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's... Like, yeah,
0: but by the end of it, I'm tired. He's like, I know, but it's such a good feeling. It's, it's, it's giving you so much all at once.
1: I think we talked a little bit about this at the end of last season, because we talked about the fact that, you know, even before it was confirmed, we all kind of assumed it was going to get a 22-episode season. And we talked about the fact that how do you retain the spirit of a show that was this, like, frenetic and this pact where, you know, you've got to do that balance of, like, keeping the thing alive for 22 episodes but also not losing the identity of the show. And this season will be an interesting kind of test of that because I do think that so far, obviously what they've chosen to do is to basically just carry on as though it's a 13-episode show. And the real test of that gets to be, like, 8, 10, 13 episodes in, like, do you run out of story? Or do they actually have 22 episodes worth of story at this totally bonkers pace? <laughs> I, 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 I don't, and I, again, it's, a, it's one of those weird things. I, I don't disagree with you, but the other side of it is, like, this is the show that we kind of fell in love with, and if like, we change like, too much, what happens?
0: Regardless of how much you're <laughs> in it's not going to make me stop watching.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I love these characters. I love the series. Mm-hmm. I, I, like, I like the opportunity to sort of disappear in a week, just kind of get a feel for what's going on. Take some time and enjoy the series. It's a show with such incredible everything. Take some time to just sit back and enjoy it.
2: Mm-hmm. That's all.
1: All right, any final thoughts before we wrap up?
0: Sheriff Killer shot Fred. That, so that that's actually what I was going to ask. Black season, we, I feel like we ended almost every episode with our latest Grundy theories, or our latest Jason Blossom theories.
2: Yeah. I just happened to blame this. Uh,
0: do, do, do we have, what, what's what's your best theory on who's under black at this
3: point? I actually do not think it's Keller anymore because he seemed legitimately surprised about the Archie and Grundy thing. So I kind of disqualify him. I don't know who it might be, but he's disqualified.
0: Look at you, growing.
2: <laughs> right? Uh. I still
3: think Caramel sucks.
1: Sorry. <laughs>
0: That's my job.
1: Okay. I think we all do it pretty well, so I, I guarantee that we'll get at least one tweet about being a bunch of middle aged white guys who are having that conversation about representation. So
2: but I'm conversations
0: probably sometimes.
1: Probably for me, I haven't really because again, like I, I put together like a list of who is under the Black Hood for one of the people who write, like, under me a comic book to do. Um, but I, I wasn't particularly convinced by any of them. Like, my list was basically, like, uh, Chick Cooper and... What uh,
2: about
1: Hal? I think somebody, I think she put Hal on the list, and I, I didn't put that on my list. Uh, again, mostly because, like, I, it didn't look like his eyes. I mean, the other thing is that, like, considering that the only real clue we have so far is the, is those eyes, I think we're going to find out, like, oh, yeah, that's not really how he looks. Archie's misremembering it or he's wearing contacts or some nonsense. Um, but, uh, yeah, Grundy's ex-husband was on the list. Uh, Smithers was on the list. Uh, Chick Cooper and... I like Chick Cooper. Yeah, well, that's what... Uh, that that was kind of my big contribution to the to the piece was somebody with ties to Clifford Blossom. Like, because... <laughs> this is how we're going to do Afterlife. <laughs> now, is Grundy going to be in the Afterlife episode now? Nope. I don't think so.
2: What about uh, Moose and Mitch? I don't, <laughs> I don't think they're... Fun. Like, if one of them is dead, I don't think they're...
1: I don't want either of them to die. I want, the, I want four of them to be It'll be interesting to see. I, I think that um, it is one of those things where they cast Midge, and in in most shows, you'd be you'd be able to say definitively whether or not she was dead by virtue of the fact that, like, oh, if it's a total nobody who you've never heard of, then... Of course, when you see the the gun fired, it means she's gone. On Riverdale, that doesn't mean anything. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like they painted the inside of the 1970s vintage car. You guys, they might be dead. But it's also like, I don't think. I mean, aside from the main characters, Archie, Steve, Rock, and Jughead, I don't think anybody in this show is completely safe. I mean, in the first episode, they killed Jason Lawson. No, I I mean, I certainly agree with that. I think that we are going to see... I mean, look look it. I think that we're going to see people die this season. Uh, Because, if nothing else, as we kind of pointed out last time, the episode titles this year aren't noir detective stories anymore. They're slasher movies. And to me, I'm just like, okay, well, you don't name every episode of a television show after slasher movies and then not kill anybody.
3: Okay, I have a question for you. Is there ever going to be an episode called Archie's Weird Mysteries? I don't know, man. I I,
1: maybe. I kind of fit, kind of spooky. It'll be interesting. I mean, certainly a lot of the. It's funny because we they used to Riverdale and back again last year, right? But the that's the only feature film other than like Josie and the Pussycats that has come out of the Archie universe that I'm aware of. So if you were to try to use an old Archie title, like Chilling Adventures or Weird Mysteries or anything like that, you would have to break with the format of using feature films. Although I I do feel like that format is, like, they cheat all the time anyway because they use so many movies that are based on novels. And it's like, okay, so, yeah, I guess you named it after a movie, but, like, The Outsiders isn't really a movie. (laughs) Uh, so I think anything's possible. I think it'll just depend on like when they like have an episode that that feels like the better title than you know
0: Wait. Tuesday the seventeenth
1: I mean it is a movie, but I'm like like it is not principally a movie it's a it's it's a book that like every eighth grader has to read, and so i Well, you know what I mean. Uh, to, <laughs> so if they ever have
0: an episode called Tom, The Adventures of Tom Sawyer, I'm going to freak out. <laughs> it,
1: I, I, I have a feeling The Adventures of Tom Sawyer might be too on the nose for them, although, who knows? There was a... Right, there, <laughs> there was a Chuck episode called Chuck versus Tom Sawyer, so you never know. But... uh
0: yeah, so...
1: Yeah, Chris, did you have any guesses on the, the Black Hood, or at this point, or... I, it, it's great, like, I I feel like
0: granted, Grant, it's, it's impossible to know at this point. You mentioned Jack Cooper, and that's a character who sort of crossed my mind, uh, because we know he's coming,
3: and... He doesn't look like the actor that they've cast, though.
0: Yeah... But also, how much does that matter? Because they could have filmed these scenes before they cast him.
2: Yeah. Really. Like,
0: it wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world for them to reshoot the scenes to for flashbacks later on down the road with the actual actor. Yeah. yeah
3: like this Sarah Lance thing on Arrow where they flashback to the pilot and suddenly it was Katie Lots
0: or it's like Vigilante on Arrow now. Like yeah, they introduced the character last year with having no idea how it was going to turn out. Now they're not tackling it until this year. And mm-hmm. Tommy Merlin is the Black Hood. There
2: you
0: go. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I I I don't know. I mean, I think Chick would be interesting. I don't know that that's going to be, but I like that I don't. I, it's a lot like the beginning of Jason Blossom last year. It's it's a lot like the beginning of the Jason Blossom mystery, but also completely different. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we first got to trying to figure out who killed Jason Blossom, it could have been anyone. Yeah, it literally anyone on the show. Everyone seemingly had some sort of at least small tie where you would have been like, I can see it. Yeah, this is this isn't like that.
1: Yeah, and it's it's very much not like that, in part because we actually saw the shooter. And so all these things that we're talking about, like, oh, the, the eye color and the age and the whatever have to match, like, that wasn't considerations at all last year because it was like, well, we don't know what the fuck happened to Jason. All we know is that it's not exactly what they say in episode two. Yeah. Uh, One thing... we know,
0: it's it's happening as we're watching it, so we know how it's going down. And based on, again, all we know is this guy's eyes. Mm -hmm. And those eyes aren't of a character that we know very well. It could be Smithers, but it also, like, I don't think it's going to be
1: Smithers. No.
0: That feels like like a weird road game. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Uh,
1: One thing that I think is worth putting out there is the idea that it could be, like, Greg Hettinger. Like, it could literally be the Black Hood. Uh, and, then, and then it's just a matter of, like, trying to figure out what his deal is. Uh, I don't think that's likely, but it's... I don't know that in this instance that the guy in the Black Hood is going to be somebody who we've already seen by this point. Like, I feel like last year that was very necessary because, like you said, so much of it was about the dynamics of the community. But with the Black Hood, I kind of feel like it's not nearly as baked into the DNA of the mystery. that Like, this person seems to have his own kind of agenda, which may or may not be related to things that we already know about.
0: Well, and it sort of, it puts, the, it puts the season into a very different perspective. In season one, the town of Riverdale was the suspect. Mm-hmm. And now, the town of Riverdale is the victim. Yeah. And it, it, it puts it, it puts ev- everybody's on notice that, like, it's not necessarily safe out there at night. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm very interested in where this goes. And I'm glad I don't know. Yeah. Like, this is a thing... I mean, I, I I think we ended up alluding to the fact by at some point by the end of last season that, like, I found out who the killer of Jason Blossom was months before the episode aired. Yeah. And it killed me that I knew the pieces in play because I didn't get to play along with the mystery.
2: Yeah.
3: I love
0: that I have no idea where this is going. I, I got. I, it's brilliant.
1: I got to say, kudos to you because, like, I know how hard it is when you know that stuff to not tip your hand. And like, once like episode five or six came around, and I just spent the entire rest of the season going, like, I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's Clifford. Like, kudos to you for never, like, for never being like, okay, fuck it. Yeah, dude, you're right. <laughs> see, that's
0: why
3: I thought it was Keller because you would protest so much to the Keller thing because I
0: just hate. Puns like Sheriff Killer. <laughs> that was the whole reason behind that. I was like, That's a terrible pun. And then, and then he had people on who were like, no, it's a great pun. And I was like, no! Not a great pun. Stop it. Hi, Michelle. I a pun. I made a mug. <laughs> Jesus, and I don't even have one. I <laughs> get
1: one. Of the, do those mugs still exist? Yeah, it's Redbubble, so they just there's no cost to them. They they just exist until people until the site burns down, I guess.
2: Until CW files a cease and desist.
1: Yeah. Even then, I don't think there's any any basis for a cease and desist order around. Yeah. I still would like to
3: hear KJ say the name Sheriff Gillum. I bet he would say Sheriff Killing. Like he
1: says this, this is true. Maybe Probably. Maybe we can maybe you can try to get him to do that uh, at during the next set visit when Chris is not around to stop you.
2: I, yeah, so I, would, five, honestly, okay. I would I would pitch my chair <laughs> during <laughs> the interview I was
3: If anybody from Riverdale is listening, I want an Archie Comics t shirt of some sort before we go to set next month. I'm just putting that out there into the world. So if anybody's listening, get me one. Or email me.
2: You know they have them
3: on the internet for sale. Yeah, and I'm broke. No, but uh, no i I'd want to be surprised, but I would love to have some kind of a Riverdale t shirt or Archie t shirt. I don't think I think you're a long podcast. <laughs> uh, team New Hot Reggie
2: t shirt or something.
3: I don't know. We'll see. So I just completely
0: killed the conversation there. So it was should we say goodbyes? I would choose the best to like Yeah. Uh, uh,
2: if,
0: if they are listening, I want Jughead's motorcycles. So it all works out.
1: Huh?
0: And I just want a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and I just, for some reason, I got the Charlie Brown in my head. I just, I want a rock. <laughs> I will
2: give you a rock when we go to Vancouver next year. <laughs>
3: It's not jingle jangle, but it's a rock.
1: All right. Well, we're really We're getting tired. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been pretty tired for. It's 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 four a.m. now. Yeah. Uh, all right. Where can people find us on the the World Wide Web? Let's start with Craig.
3: You can find me at ksite.tv.com, uh, Nero TV, Flash TV News, all my millions of websites. And you can find me on Twitter at Riverdale TV for my Riverdale posts. Come say hello, get me a t shirt.
0: Okay, next. Uh, okay, you can find me on Twitter at Chris Hader, C H R I S H A Y N E R. Also on Instagram, at Chris Hainer. Also on Instagram, at Waterworld Photos. I know I haven't updated in a few days, but I just took a bunch of new pictures. It's amazing. Uh, and I'm at GN.com, and I'm writing a bunch of things at a bunch of different places. Just search Chris Hainer. Ignore the guy who's a dentist, and chances are you'll find I should probably point out, I actually wrote... Uh Riverdale related
3: story for comic book presses outlets last week about Pure Heart's Powerful. If you're curious who Pure Heart is, do a Google search for that.
1: That's true.
3: Yeah,
1: I don't want to. And uh, as, as Craig alluded to, I write for comicbook.com. If you go and you read Riverdale coverage at that site, it, it's a good chance that I either wrote it or assigned the person who did. Uh, I also podcast on. All over the place now. This, this thing became a, a bad habit for me. And so uh, you can follow me at ECV underscore podcast for the Emerald City Video Podcast on Twitter. Uh, I've talked about that before. It's, it's people who used to work at a video store talking about old movies. Um, I'm also one of the hosts of Delicious Flavor, which is a psych rewatch podcast, uh, which we actually started before they announced that there would be a psych movie. So that that's fun. So, if you like any of those things, old movies or psych, check out those. Otherwise, you can just follow me on Twitter like a normal person. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Like, share, subscribe on iTunes or whatever it is that Apple calls it now, that it's a star instead of a music note.
2: ♫ the morning we'll fly away.